Hello and welcome to the latest Clear Cruise podcast. Coming up this week, Andy Harmer sat down with Cosmos Tours and Avalon Waterways' Giles Hawke to talk about the unique ways the cruise industry is innovating to stay sustainable and tackling growing environmental concerns. Really interesting interview, check it out. So we're delighted to be joined by Giles Hawke. Hello. Hello. How are Hello. you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, now, you're obviously actively involved with Clear because you're on our executive committee. Yes. Uh, but that's not your... You have a real job as well, apparently. I have a, I have a day job, which is... Uh, <laughs> I run um, Avalon and Cosmos for the UK. But I'm going to talk to you because it's clear. I'm going to talk to you about Avalon today. Perfect. And Avalon, uh, River Cruise Operator, and one of the big UK operators so tell us a bit about them so Avalon well, I think um, one of the things that makes Avalon really unique and distinctive is the layout of our ships and the layout of our cabins with our um, all suite uh, river cruise ships yeah so the beds face the windows in all of the suite cabins so 80% of the um, inventory we have of the, of the cabin inventory the beds face the windows the windows are floor to ceiling wall to wall uh, 11 foot wide um, that open up into your sort of indoor outdoor balcony yeah um, and so that's quite a unique uh, product feature of, of the Avalon brand but I think the other thing that makes this quite distinctive and unique is we're relaxed luxury so we don't believe in butlers and white glove service we actually think that's intrusive and you know, truth be told a little bit creepy having someone sort of a, <laughs> hanging around it depends you. where you get that service I guess but, yeah uh... <laughs> We, we have an intuitive level of service. We train our people really well to, to be unobtrusive, but available when needed. Yeah. Um, we don't have any dress code. We have a very sort of modern, contemporary, but uh, upmarket feel on board. Um, so it's not stuffy, but people sort of, it, it's still a five-star luxury product, right. but it's for people who don't want to be told what they have to wear at dinner. Um, and then we've done quite a lot recently around um, dining. So there's no there's no fixed dining time. You can go to dinner any time between certain hours. You can choose what table. You don't have to sit at the same table the whole the whole right. time you're there. You've got a couple of options for where where you dine and what you eat. So um, I think we've got some things that make us quite unique and quite distinctive within that river cruise environment. And are you? Well, I know you're not, but you're not purely European in terms of where your ships are. I'm glad you asked me that. Thank you. Yes. Well, <laughs> we so I mean we have a big European presence on the Rhone, the Seine, the Rhine, uh, the Danube, hmm. um, and the majority. We've got 16 ships in Europe, but right. we've got two ships on the Mekong. Yeah. Um, one of them was only launched last uh, September, September 2018, um, and they're quite small ships, 36 passengers on each ship. So they're very small, very intimate. They're very nice. the same sort of style in terms of cabin design, beds facing the windows. The cabins are a little bit bigger on those ships, um, but it, that is a real boutique hotel, very intimate um, holiday experience yeah. and just an amazing way to see that area of the world. We have a ship on the Ganges, which was new for 2019, selling very, very well. We've got an extended season in 2020. Um, we've got a ship on the Amazon and we've got a ship that sails to the Galapagos. Traditionally from the UK, we've not booked that much to that area of the world. Yeah. Actually, our 2020 sales, we've had some 
early sales to both the Galapagos and the Amazon, which has been been remarkable. So I think people are starting to see. And we'll come back to those destinations in a second. But but obviously you look after a bigger portfolio, as you said at the beginning. So was Avalon part of the attraction to move from ocean to to smaller ships and a very different product? It was a big part of the attraction. Having been in the cruise industry for a long time. A long time. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll I, I, don't, I think I'd have found it a real tug to, le- to move to touring and not be in, right. heavily involved in the cruise industry. So, yeah, and I think what was really interesting, I didn't know anything about, really, about river cruising, didn't know that much about Avalon was before I sort of okay. got approached for the role. And, and coincidentally, I went to the river cruise conference in That's Amsterdam true. That's true. four months before I got approached about this job. Yeah. Because in my role at the time, I was deputy chair of Clear, and I wanted to support Clear and go and see what this is all about, all this time and energy being spent on river cruise. And uh, so I then had an idea about river cruising. But I still, you know, I I think from the outside, a lot of people think there's lots of boats that all look the same and Mm. and all the companies begin with A. And I think, you know, we as river cruise companies have got quite a lot to do to try and differentiate ourselves renamed to something beginning with B or something like that. And can you, having River Cruise now yourself, can you see the attraction? Absolutely. Uh, it surprised me yeah. that I like it. Um, I thought it would be too sedentary. I thought it would be boring. But you, the ship is just, if you like, the vehicle from getting you from A to B yeah. to C. And it's not, I think what I really like about it, you can have several ports in a day. Yeah. So it's not one day, one port, and yeah. then the next several ports in a day, so there's always something to see, there's always something happening. You, uh, What I love about what we, we're doing and a few other cruise lines are doing as well with our active discovery mm. is you've got a fleet of 16 bikes on board, we've now got adventure hosts on board, yeah. so they're, they're hosting sort of running excursions. Um, you can do some really active stuff, you go kayaking, whatever else. So. I love the fact that there's just stuff going on all the time. Yeah. But there's also, for those who want to relax, it's quite a nice way to relax because there's something to see all the time. And I'm, you know, I was in ocean cruising for a long time. Um, there is something about the ship going along and just watching what's going on along, along the river. Yes, I agree. After a while, looking at a sunset or looking at uh, a just more sea, um, yeah, it, it can lose its uh, interest <laughs> after a while. Um, when I when I tell friends about my river cruise experience and I tell them that we went cycling for a full day and then we did a hike up to one of the vineyards and we did wine tasting, people are really surprised that there's so much opportunity to do different stuff. Are we mm. still up against that in the sector? Yeah, I, I think there's still a perception that river cruising is for old people and you sit on a boat and you, you just literally watch scenery go by and then you get fed and then you fall asleep. Right. So I, which I, sounds I, lovely. <laughs> which has a certain appeal. Yes. Um, so I think we've got a long way to go to show the sort of breadth of what you can do on a river cruise. And, and I think one of the challenges is, you know, the, the river cruise ships from whichever brand are generally very beautiful, the cabin's very nice, the food's mm. amazing. So all the basic elements are covered. But you, the ship isn't the reason you go and do a river cruise. Right. It's your sort of way of getting from A to B. And I think we need to talk more about the things you can do when you're there. And are customers looking for different things to do? And is that why places like Galapagos, Amazon are doing or starting to do really well? Because people see the opportunities to experience new stuff. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people fall into river cruise, not because they're desperate to go on a river cruise, mm. but they want to see okay. places and see them in a different way. 
and then the river cruise becomes a great way of seeing. So mm. you take the Mekong or the Amazon, for example. What a great way to see mm. Vietnam and Cambodia is to go along the Mekong. Yeah. If you wanted to do that by land, I mean, that's, that's quite a schlep and it's yeah. a lot of hard work. Um, whereas actually doing it on a, on a ship is just a beautiful way of doing it. One of the uh, great things about river cruising, as you say, is the places, the towns and cities you go along the way. And there are some genu genuinely surprising places you get to. Um, so from a, from a talking to customer perspective, do you focus on those places that you visit or do you focus on the hero cities and ports and the big cities or do you focus on the onboard activity? In, yeah, it's interesting. In terms of the selling of, of if you like, encouraging people to come on a river cruise, we'll yeah. probably talk more about the hero cities. Right. We'll talk about Cologne, we'll talk about Budapest, we'll talk yeah. about Paris or Lyon or whatever it might be. Once people are actually on the cruise, we talk a lot more about the more remote, less known yeah. destinations. And they're the ones that sort of, that people rate really highly and really surprise them. So I think, you know, it's a bit like any sort of holiday, if, if you're going to see some, something, you want to know about what you're going to see, yeah. you want to have heard of it. But when you actually get there, the really interesting bits are the things like, you know, going to the Kamal, the, the sort of bottom end of, of the road, Lots of people have never heard of the Kamal, they have no idea what it is, and they, they don't know that you can see flamingos and wild horses and cowboys right. there, and it's a national park. And, you know, I think taking people to do and see things that they weren't expecting, and a lot of the calls aren't in cities, they're in tiny little villages, yeah. and you're taking people off to castles and taking people, as you say, off to maybe a vineyard or to see cheese being made, or mm. you might be taking them to a painting class. Or So I, th I think the key thing is, Make it attractive in advance for people to go by giving them some sort of you know big names and big yeah. hits. But when they're there, surprising and delighting them with yeah. amazing experiences that they just weren't expecting. And is it, we've obviously seen the growth in river cruising quite dramatically over the last five to 10 years and more ships being launched. So is it still possible to give guests that authentic experience, take them to places that are really unknown? Uh, in small numbers and, and still enjoy the, the holiday experience as much as they could have done. Yeah, I mean, on, on our ships, the ones in Europe either have 135 or 165 people. So straight away, you're small numbers. Yeah. Um, and very rarely does the whole ship go and do something. We'll have a range of excursions, which we include in the price. We also have some optional extra excursions people can do. Mm. And our product team are constantly looking at what would be a good thing to do, what would be a good thing for our customers to see. And as you, as you so we've got, uh, with our excursions, we divide them up by classic, discovery, and active. Yeah. So you can choose on any given day which type of experience you want, whether right. you want, so the discovery is immersive, so it might be going and doing a painting class and nice. learning to paint in the way that Monet did. Right. Um, and, or, or going to, uh, a vineyard and seeing how the grapes are picked and the wine is made. So I think it's, it's just about constantly looking at trends and what people want to do and then finding ways to make that work within the local area. But one of the things we're really focused on with our um, sort of local partners we work with along the rivers, we don't want anything inauthentic. So we right. are really focused on if, you, if this isn't something you already do, don't create it for us. Don't create okay. some folk dancing thing that you don't do, but you think tourists will like it. Right. So we, we work very, very closely with all the destinations that we go to, every one of them, to make sure they want us to be there, to make sure we understand how we can, uh, I guess, improve 
their lives by us being there, rather right. than rather than sort of uh, damage their lives. And if and we're we're very focused. If a village says we don't want you to stop here, we don't stop there. Right. And Even I, if we think it'd be a great experience. And I guess the great thing is you just go to the next village down the down the river, or you know, yeah, uh, choose choose an alternative destination. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but but the whole question. That, that last question and around sustainability presumably comes up a little bit more now as we're selling river cruise. Yeah, it, I mean, you picked the right person and talked about sustainability. I love it. Um, I'm actually the global... <laughs> You're a resident expert. I'm a resident expert. I'm the global lead for sustainability for our sort of global business, so the Globus family of brands. And I'm leading our sustainability work across the touring and the river cruise uh, side of things. So we're we actually on the 5th of June this year, we launched our sort of sustainability work. So shared all the, uh, a bunch of the stuff we're already doing, the things yeah. that we've got planned going forward. And I'm just about to start our work on a sort of 30 year vision right. of where we think we'll be in 30 years time. You know, we know that the UK government has said that the UK will be um, carbon neutral yeah. by 2050. So, and it's interesting, I've looked at what the aviation industry are talking mm. about around that. And it's led me to think we've got to have that long-term vision. Um, but that start of that, some of that will come into things that we don't yet know, but hope will be available in terms of technology. And right. So right. there'll be some thinking and planning and talking to futurologists and looking at yes. what technology is out there and what's coming down the line. And then some further away, you know, who knows what's happening in 30 years. But you can make some assumptions yes. and plans. Yeah. But, what we're working on at the moment is our sort of our current plan. So with Avalon, um, we've done a lot already. Uh, we've got rid of plastic straws. We've got rid of plastic drink stirrers. Um, we are using, and we have for a couple of years now, environmentally friendly cleaning products for all of our onboard cleaning. Right. All our um, L'Occitane toiletry bottles are refilled. Okay. So we don't, you, yeah. those bottles don't get thrown away after each use. I didn't know that. We've, we're refilling oh, them with L'Occitane toiletries. We're not refilling them with something we got from uh, Wilco <laughs> or something. A L'Occitane <laughs> bottle, yeah. Um, and we're actually looking further at, are there, is there more we can do in that area? Um, then our propulsion system, so the newer ships, we can get more and more efficient. Yeah. So we, with our propulsion, we are 20% more fuel efficient than most of our competitors in that, just by the type of... Because um, they're newer ships as well as... they're the newer ships and the designs of them. Yeah. Um, we're keeping an eye on technology. I, you know, I could see a time, 10 years, maybe 15 years, where we'll be running probably fully electric ships. Oh, wow. Now, there's stuff that's got to happen between yes. now and then to yeah. make that a realistic possibility. But the technology is advancing so fast yeah. that that is a real possibility. We're thinking about how can we work with the places we go to create renewable electricity shoreside that we can plug into right. when we're in port. So there's a, there's a lot that we're working on there. We're just in the process of getting rid of all single-use plastic water bottles. Right. So on the Mekong, uh, as of now, uh, happened last week, we have um, stopped giving out single-use plastic water bottles. We give customers a bottle, which is through a, um, a charity called Refill Not Landfill. Right. So it's from um, recycled, recycled materials. 
We then have filtered water they can access on board to refill those. In the hotels that we use as part of our sort of holiday that we create for yeah. Avalon, they all have filtered water. Okay. So we just stopped giving single-use plastic water bottles. In Europe, we're working on that. We've got two ships which are probably, um, it could have happened already, but it's due to happen early August. For the remainder of this season, we're trialling uh, filtered water taps and giving, again, uh, this is a different charity and... I can't remember what it's okay. called, but the, the, but the proceeds from that charity go to Third World, okay. uh, helping them provide clean, safe drinking water. Right. And again, no more single-use plastic bottles. So by my calculations across, and we've actually done this on our touring product too, in all um, in Europe, North America, uh, UK, Australasia, by my calculations, for 2020, we will have reduced our... Um, giving out single-use plastic bottles by about three million a year, wow. which is just it's it's which shows yeah. how many we would use. It shows how many people use, and, yeah. and this is just one yeah. small river cruise and, and touring company in one small market or a few small markets. So it shows what's being produced at the world amazing, over. Amazing change. And how much of the responsibility sits with you as the river cruise operator, and how much sits with the customer because they have to buy into it too. Yeah, it's, it's a two-way thing. Yeah. I think what's really interesting, with our touring product, because we've done it first on our touring product, okay. we have had no negative feedback whatsoever. Our tour directors, when we told them we were doing this about three months ago, they said, thank goodness for that, it's been too long coming. And I think we're almost a bit nervous about customer reaction, yeah. of saying, well, I get a, where's my water? Mm. But I think it's just such a big, visible thing it would almost be negative if we carried on doing it. Yeah. Um, so customer reaction is really positive. I think what, what's incumbent on us is to explain our sustainability strategy, our sustainability vision, why we're doing it, and then ask them to join us on that. Now, if a customer says, no, I want bottled water, drinking water, they will go ashore or sure. and they'll buy it. Yeah. We, we aren't saying they can't do that, but I think we have to be responsible and show our sort of a level of leadership for our customers on this to help them make those decisions. And I was talking to a, um, a company, a B Corp, uh, recently, and they were saying that actually, if you can encourage people to do something on a holiday, the likelihood is they will then take that behavior back when they go home. Yeah. So it's not just yeah. the, the plastic water bottles or, or the plastic straws or whatever that they're not using on holiday. They'll go home and they'll, they'll, their mindset will have yeah. changed because for a week or 10 days or 14 days, they've been doing it differently. And, and recycling on board and, and yeah. using local producers presumably isn't a new thing. You've done it for a while, but it's something you've We've done it for, for quite a long time mm -hmm. and we, we continue to do it. I mean, one of the things we have improved on recently is on food wastage. So we've managed to cut right back on food wastage, which, which in itself, I mean, it, financially, it's a great thing for us. Sure. But, but actually just, again, to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, so on our buffet, for example, it's really interesting. You look at the buffet and you look at the plated food and you think, wow, well, that's, why don't we just have bigger bowls? Because you know, people could have, there's more there. Yeah. So by having smaller bowls, what it means is the moment the food goes out onto the buffet counter, it can't go back in the kitchen. Right. So if it doesn't get used, it gets right. thrown away. Yeah. Um, so by having smaller bowls, you can manage your okay. food much better. So we're just making sure our crew are there to able to fill those bowls really regularly to when make sure need. there's always yeah. plenty there. 
the other thing with big bowls encourages people to eat eat more food or take more onto their plates and then they don't eat it so food wastage I think is really important the buying locally is challenging we we buy locally wherever we can and this is something we're focused on improving over the coming couple of years um, a lot of the challenge with local buying is you can't always get the food you want for the menu that you want to produce right. by buying it locally um, wines we do quite a lot of we're working with a, a on the Rhine with a um, fruit juice provider, okay. a chap who grows it organically, and he delivers it. All our vegetables that we get come in big crates that get reused and sent back, so right. there's no plastic wrapping. So, But I think buying locally and having it delivered to the ship locally, that will become a bigger thing in, in the future, and it's something we're working on actively. But then presumably it's a challenge in certain parts of the world more than it is yeah. in Europe, for example. Yeah. And, and all of this sounds like it's quite a costly thing for Avalon to do. That's not free, the things that you've mentioned. Yeah. So, so, but is that presumably an investment that you're willing to make and because it's the right thing to do? Yeah, I think it's interesting because on the face of it, a lot of this stuff costs money yeah. and, and some of it does. You know, buying ecologically uh, friendly cleaning materials mm. costs more than yeah. standard cleaning materials. Yeah. And so... But you do it because it's the right thing to do. And actually, you do make savings elsewhere. So to give an example, we, I've instituted that we have a sustainability champion in every one of our offices all around the world. They're responsible for making sure that we're doing the right thing within our offices. So okay. we've removed single-use plastics from all our offices as a result of doing that. Um, we're in our office in Lugano in Switzerland, which is our sort of corporate, yeah. let's call it corporate headquarters. Uh, in this autumn, we're installing um, solar panels on the roof of that building. Now, they, they've got a seven-year payback, but they've got about right. a 25-year life. So actually, yes, you yeah. put money up front, yeah. but you start, you know, in seven years' time, we'll be making money from yeah. making electricity yeah, yeah. for that <laughs> Ticino region of Switzerland. Um, and actually, some things cost more money, and some things you save some money. So once you've invested in your water filtration um, system on board, over yeah. time, the saving on providing right. single-use plastic bottles yeah. is, is greater than you've invested in that filtered water and providing people with a, a multi-use bottle. So some things cost more and some things you okay. get saving. But overall, you just I, think, I don't think you can not do it. Yeah, no, agreed. And customers will ask, but presumably travel agents want to know more about this, the work that you're doing as well. So is there a place for them to find that? And, and are you getting more questions from travel agents? We're not getting as many questions as I would have expected. Okay. Um, we've got a page on our website that talks about all the good things we're doing, the yeah. charity work we're doing. The um, so we've partnered with, partnered with the Ocean Cleanup, which is a charity which is uh, aiming to clear up fifty percent of the waste that's floating around the Pacific Ocean oh, wow. uh, by twenty twenty five. So okay. we partnered with them. We're, we're providing money to them. Um, so we've got a lot of that information on the website. The the next step, I think, next year. Uh, will produce a sustainability report. So okay. this year I've been collating everything we're doing, yeah. agreeing all the stuff we're doing internally, making sure that we have the right approach in place and documenting everything. Next year I, I'll be in a position to produce a sustainability okay. report which we'll produce for the whole for our global business. Yeah. And we'll have a lot to document around the, the real differences we've made, you know, like three million plastic bottles not now yeah. in, in circulation because right. of us. Yeah. Good stuff. And so what's next? Next year coming for Avalon, anything new and exciting we should know about? Next year, well, we've got a new ship coming in uh, April 
2020, okay. the Avalon, Avalon View. And she'll be on which river? Which will be on the European rivers. Okay, excellent. Probably, probably <laughs> I, think, I think she's going to be on the Danube, I believe. Okay. I would have to verify that because okay. you've asked me a very difficult question. I know, a very complicated question. Um, and so I, new ship, that's good. New ship, I think we'll keep enhancing our shoreside product with the um, active and the discovery excursions. I think we'll be bringing some electric bikes on board is the plan, in addition to our other 16 yeah. bikes. Um, we're, we're constantly looking at how to, I don't think we need to revolutionise our product. Our product offering is amazing, our customers love it, but it's constant evolution of how yeah. do we just make it, how do we tweak it to be a bit better, a bit better, a bit better. So I think you'll just see this continual, gradual improvement um, in what we do. Good stuff. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. That's all from us this week. Thanks to Giles and Andy for taking part in this week's episode. What sustainability innovations have you found when on a cruise holiday? Let us know across social media using the hashtag ClearPod. That's C-L-I-A-P-O-D. Thanks for listening. My name's Toby Cruz, and I'll see you next week. Happy cruising. Happy cruising.